This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Gemini. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. We have had so many new beginner witches reaching out to me Over the last couple of weeks, um, some stuff on TikTok has been popping off and I've just been attracting new beginner witches, which I really love, but you guys are all asking me about resource and product. So I want to give a recommendation. Kim Dunn at theothersidespiritshop.com has all kinds of items and I absolutely love her energy so much, in fact, that I've partnered with her and she has been sending guest boxes every week to every guest that we have on the podcast. Everything is custom made per that person. She has a crazy inventory of things and she has all kinds of items that I have not found elsewhere. She makes custom oils. I personally am obsessed with her shadow work and transformation oil. Um, Absolutely love it. So please make sure that you check out this OthersideSpiritShop.com. And then in addition to that, we're also sponsored by Lost Trail Coffee. They have five different coffee blends and there's different ways that you can incorporate them into your craft also. So if you are a coffee drinker, I would recommend that you try out the coffees that they have and based off of whatever it is that you're wanting to incorporate into spell work, what you're wanting to do would be the coffee I would suggest for you. So they have, like I said, five different flavors. They have the Red Mountain Sumatra, which I would really recommend for coffee scrying. It's full body and it's earthy, so it's going to help ground you while you're opening up your third eye and your other senses to focus and see into that black mirror, see into that coffee. It helps illuminate messages that you haven't been seeing before. And the Red Mountain Sumatra, I call it the Red Mountain Kama Sutra. (laughs) It's actually my favorite flavor. I've tried them all and that is by far my favorite one. They have Hell's Revenge for creativity spell work. It has hints of hazelnut and hazelnut is really good for inspiration, granting your wishes, wisdom, and luck. And then Old School Joe, it kind of reminds me of Folgers. So if you like that like rustic morning coffee, you would love Old School Joe and you can use that for cleansing your tarot decks. You'll just keep beans inside of a box or a drawer with your cards to help clear the energy, help clear any negative energy off of those cards. And I do recommend that you get the beans for this because coffee does come bean or ground and you don't want ground coffee all over your cards. Then we have the Rubicon Espresso and I recommend that for energy attraction and affirmation. It has hints of milk chocolate which represent the heart chakra It's for balance, raising your emotional vibration, friendship, nourishment, and self-love. You stir your coffee in the morning, speaking positive words about yourself, what you want to exude and attract that day, and then absorb that energy as you drink your coffee and give yourself peace to set up the day. And then they have Fordyce French Roast, which I recommend for keeping nightmares away. You can burn the coffee like incense to keep away negative energy, spirits, and nightmares. The full body dark roast makes the smell more potent, which makes your banishing spell work more intense. It's perfect for those baneful witches that just want to add a little extra heat. And you guys can actually get 10% off any of those flavors by going to LostTrailCoffee.com and then typing in code C-O-R dash 
P-O-D. And I actually have Lost Trail Coffee linked in the description wherever you are listening. If you would like to watch the video interview of this interview and previous ones, including bonus episodes, you can go to the Coven of Rejects Patreon page, which is linked in the description wherever you are listening to this podcast episode at. There's also additional content over there, like small segments, like true crime and witchcraft, witchcraft histories, where I dive in about the Salem witch trials, the Scotland witch trials, and much more, and additional segments. I click record and then I'm over here like, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the podcast, Shannon. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. You're welcome. You. You're not a stranger. <laughs> like I, we've had you on Lick It Like a Lollipop and I've gotten a reading from you. And vice versa. It's so nice to have you here. Um, I was listening to the episode that we did on Lollipop. Gosh, I'm like going to choke over here. Oh my gosh. Okay. It's really weird that you're saying this. And it's funny because we just talked about being connected last night because that has happened to me twice today about like choking on my drink. What? Like, like exactly like that, that you just said that I was like, it's really weird. Cause I like took note of it. Like both times when I have it, so I was like, why do I keep like choking on my drink? And then the fact that you just did that, I'm like, Oh, we're just the same. We're just like, we're just same the vibe. same. <laughs> my gosh. Okay. So let's vibe. like, redo that introduction we're chaos already um yeah let's not choke (laughs) (laughs) uh no throat chakra is wide open I've had you or we had you on lick it like a lollipop you and I have exchanged readings with each other we spontaneously text each other like at times that we're thinking about each other anyways so welcome to the podcast I want to learn more about you yes this is super excited like when you texted me you know I told you I was like like (laughs) I'm so pumped so um yeah I mean basically if you want a continuation of kind of what we didn't get into um more so about like my upbringing and stuff um and kind of like how I got to where I am currently in a nutshell we can talk about I guess like early on how um I was raised if that's like kind of what you want to go into yeah let's start there I always start with um what spirituality were you raised in and then how do you I spiritually identify yourself now okay so my upbringing is like very interesting in the fact that it was like very conservative um briefly speaking my mom's side is very Mennonite very like Pennsylvania Dutch very um like very very conservative and then my dad's side of the family is a little just more scattered um my dad wasn't raised in any sort of beliefs he came into his own beliefs like later on you know what I mean as an adult just like me but in on a different path um so that's kind of like what my background was like ancestrally generationally sort of and then um so church was originally like Mennonite growing up so really really um like I said, just like conservative, really strict. Um, just, it's just different than, than what we transitioned to was like a more non-denominational Christian church, which is like, um, you know, and my parents were always very involved in the church too. So they knew people in the church. It was like very, um, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't just like, oh, we go to church sometimes. It was like, no, we go to church and they're very involved. And like, they have friends in the church. Like the one church that we ended up going to for a while was like one of my parents' good friends. And he was like the pastor. So like stuff like that. And that was a very, um, you know, speaking in tongues, things like that. It's a much more open dynamic of Christianity. Whereas Mennonites, it's like a very different um, dynamic. Like you wouldn't really do that in a Mennonite church. It's just very more, um, I don't like to say Amish, but it is. It's just a more reserved expression of religion. And so that was kind of like my original upbringing as a child, like early on years. Um, And then like, as my parents were involved, like, you know, like monkey see, monkey do. Like I then was very involved when I was like a teenager and things like that in youth group. And like, I like to sing and stuff like that. So I always wanted to sing in church. And like, I did that throughout my life anyway, whether it was in church or outside of church, like I had always been, you know, performing, entertaining in any aspect 
um, what have you. So it was always like, I wanted to sing at church. My parents always like, you know, encouraged that as well. So like, I was very, very involved and it wasn't like I had any issues with it at all. Like I did like being a part of the church growing up and like, that's what I knew. And, um, that's kind of like what, <laughs> um, my upbringing was in a nutshell, essentially. And then I'm trying to think, I'm trying to like, I guess like more in high school when I was like more in my rebellious phase, if you will, I feel like I like was more scattered with going to church and being like, oh, I don't really care about church, church, church isn't cool and like whatever. And then from there, it just kind of evolved into me just, you know, developing my own spirituality, my own understanding of Christianity. And what's really funny is because we talked about this a little bit that when I started deconstructing, it was because I was trying to go deeper into the word, into the Bible. And then I just was like, hmm. And then that was kind of like the, the, um, the domino that made everything fall. You know what I mean? For me, um, after picking it apart for a couple years, you know what I mean? Pretty much my whole life. I feel like there was just like layers that I had been picking apart, uh, literally deconstructing all my life. And then that was just kind of like the breaking point for me was when I was trying to get um, closer or deeper into my faith, I ended up like kind of walking away from the church at that point. But right before that, I was supposed to be on our, the latest or the last church that my parents were a part of, um, cause they've been a part of a lot of churches throughout my life. You know what I mean? So, um, the last church that they were in right before the pandemic, um, I had like auditioned for the worship team and whatever. And like, I, was going to be on the worship team and then the pandemic happened. So then that was no more. So it's really funny how everything happened because it was like, I was going to be on the worship team. And I was like, Oh, cool. Like I'm actually like, I was, it's, it's that whole fear and guilt thing of it's like, how can I make my contribution? Because I don't want God to be upset that I'm not using my gifts for him or uh, whatever. And then he's going to punish me or do you know what I mean? And it's like, yes, you do want to use your gifts and you do want to like glorify what, you know, you have been given and like not, you know, um, repress those things. But at the same time, it was coming from um, like, yes, I did want to sing, but I just feel like um, a lot of that stuff did come from like, how can I be active? Because people, it's always about, and that's how Mennonites are. That's how uh, a lot of Christians are. It's like, they worry about the image that they're portraying, not necessarily doing it because it's like, oh, like, this is what I definitely want to do. This is my soul's purpose. It's more like, and I'm not saying like people don't have good intentions and I'm not saying that people don't do things out of the goodness of their heart, but I am saying that I feel like a lot of stuff is wrapped up in guilt and fear that motivates people to kind of like do things that maybe they wouldn't normally necessarily do on their own volition, I guess is more so what I'm saying. But it was just funny, the timing, because I was literally going to be on the worship team. And then that's kind of when I was like, everything crumbled for me and then the pandemic happened. So like church wasn't even like, you know, in session, you know what I mean? So they didn't have the worship team and now pretty much like here we are. So it's just like, I don't know. It's just been like an unraveling over time, but that's basically um, background wise, like um, my doctrine, if you will, my indoctrination. <laughs> I think that COVID was COVID was such a growing period for like the spiritual collective of like people then weren't expected to have to be going to church. And so they didn't have that pressure from their family. And so they started doing things at home and asking more questions and being like, oh, well, I have time with my own thoughts to try and like divulge what this lesson for the week. I don't know with Mennonite and like the, the church that you grew up in, how they, um, how they would do like their readings, but in Christian science where I was brought up, there's a lesson. And so they have something called, oh, wow. um, what's it called? It's the, um, fuck, what's it called? They have this little, this little book that has, um, like what Bible scriptures you're going to be reading out of and what they're going to read out from the science and health, which is the other book that they use. And it has, um, like, what they're going to be reading out loud in church because they always have a part that they read out loud Bible scriptures together in science and health. So everybody, they, they call it the, the weekly lesson. And so everybody gets one of these booklets. So if you're at home and you want to do church at home, you can still open that up and you can still see what the lesson for your church community would have been that week. 
And for me, when my Nana or my mom used to like read the lesson out loud, for me, that's when I got to ask all kinds of different questions about things. And that's when I really started breaking down, like, you don't have answers for me and telling me, because if I don't do that, I'm going to have a miserable life because I don't understand that doesn't work for me. So let me go out and try and find answers to this. So is it like that with those religions? Well, I mean, I feel like every, every religion is different, but they all have the same goal. They all have the same intent, but they just practice differently, I guess. But so Mennonite is just more King James version, if that makes any sense. So King James version of the Bible is like the, the most, uh, massive or, um, you know, whatever. It's just uh, the most, uh, toxic masculinity version of the bible i should say if you yeah. will, patriarchal version i guess and it's just like the most um just it's very that's on a scale of like being proper or being regimented like that's more like what the mennonite is and it's not ritualistic like as in like catholics where it's like you're reciting things like it's not like that like yes like there's somebody who's speaking and has a message but i do remember there was one thing and I, and my grandparents, obviously, who were Mennonite as well, like, and my mom, who just passed, like, the her one friend came up to me, my mom was like, you know, 90 years old, and her one friend came up to me at the funeral, I was like, oh, how did you know my mom? Because I sang at her funeral, you know what I mean? So she came up to me and was like, oh, that was lovely, and thank you, and sorry for your loss, and yada, yada. But she was, I was like, oh, how did you know, like, my mom? And she's, she's like, oh, from Sunday school. So my mom still at 90 years old was going to Sunday school, you know what I mean? And Sunday school is like a Mennonite, um, it's like a, it's sort of like a youth group. It's sort of like a small group, if you will, but it's like this smaller community that you break off into groups then. I know and then you Sunday do like a deeper, is. yeah, you do like a deeper Bible study. But like, that's what I'm saying is like the Mennonites are very like, um, I, I don't know how to explain it because it's not ritualistic in that they're regimented in that way. It's just very regimented in how conservative and how dedicated and how um, whatever. So my mom was literally, and my papa was literally going to Sunday school up until they were like 80, 90 years old. So, um, I feel like, I feel like for me, it was like, yes, that stuff made sense to me. Cause I also went to a Christian school for like a kinder or well, preschool as well. Preschool was a Christian preschool. And then I went to a private Christian school for elementary school up until middle school. And then, um, so like all of my childhood was very, like, it was just all in my face all the time. So it was like, I didn't really know anything different. So it was just like, oh, this makes sense to me because it makes sense to everybody else around me. And it's like, I feel like, um, you know, that it's that whole saying with, it's like, oh, you become like the five closest people that you hang out with the most or whatever. And it's like, sometimes it's like, oh no, it's like, I'm myself. But it's like, no, you're really not because it's like, you, you're repressing things that are innately yours if like other people around you don't support that kind of belief system or that kind of thinking or whatever so it's like even as a kid i remember like having different things about i've always been like very intuitive you know what i mean and it's just like we all are but i i always known that i've been intuitive my whole life and it's just like i i had like these spiritual gifts which at the time i thought were cool but then when i would talk about them or if I would express them or whatever it would either be like oh Shannon and her silly imagination or it was oh that's the devil and spirits and la 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 so as a kid you're like oh I want to be good I want my parents approval you know what I mean and it's like like I said that's all I knew that was all that was around me school church my family whatever so it was like I never I didn't have outside influence until middle school literally so I was just very sheltered from any other belief system. So really I didn't start to unpack things until I was older. I feel like that's pretty normal. I mean, I feel like in youth group and things like that, because I, I had like, you know, you're not supposed to date anybody that's unequally yoked. You know what I mean? That's like yeah. a very big thing in religion. Like you can't date anybody that's not a Christian because then you're sinning or whatever. But I did obviously. And my, my dad, you know, had a, had a hissy fit about that because he just you know wasn't okay with dating boys in general period and that's dad's you know but really did not approve but so I would bring these boys and my friends and stuff like that that weren't Christian to youth group and stuff like that so I would like mix and mingle with different people when I did have um you know the openness and the freedom to explore other 
um, realms of society other than just, you know, Christian. So it's like, um, when you're unequally yoked or whatever, it's like, I just feel like that was when I first started to be like, oh, like that perspective makes sense. And I could start to see like other views. And then that's what got my gears turning to say like, oh, it's okay for me to have like other opinions than what I've been fed my entire life. So I don't know if that really answered your question. <laughs> it's like, that's it's interesting of- what you bring up about your dad, because as you were talking about that and like, you know, him wanting it like equally yoked or, or whatever, I was thinking in my mind real quick. And I realized that like, if I, if my daughter came home and told me that she was in a relationship with somebody who was of a faith that I feel like is like really controlling of women or don't let them speak or that they, you know, use so much fear-based tactic, like with their kids and things like that. I could see myself being like standoffish of that. Um, and I, and I hadn't really thought about that before because I, because I'm so open-minded about so many things, but I could see having like a, like knee-jerk reaction if she was, you know what I mean? But this is different in the sense that it's all about purity culture and it's all about, um, like there, there was this really good, I don't, I think it was a video that I watched and I was like, this is so true because I literally lived through this where it's like, you know, in youth group, in your side little, you know, groups where you talk about intimate things, you know, with your youth leader or at camp, whatever. Like I went to, you know, Christian camp, you know what I mean? Like literally my whole entire life revolved around God, literally as it's supposed to and, um, you know, whatever. But it's like the purity culture thing it's like, I feel like it's just talking about how, well, this video was talking about how when they separate you off into groups, it's girls and guys, they separate you off. So you don't go with the girls, don't go with the guys, you guys go separately, right? So you can talk about, you know, separate things for girls and guys, but it's like the guys are never really addressed in the same way as the girls, just as in society, you know what I mean? It's always the girls are shamed and the girls are like, oh, you need to be careful what you're wearing. And this is why you can't tempt the boys and that's sinning and yada, yada. But then like the boys, it's more so like, you know, it's like, oh, it's the girls. It's, it's just like, it's not addressed in the same way. And I, again, I just feel like a lot of religion I guess it's like what you were saying does come from a patriarchal standpoint, but I think that's what the difference is. It's like, it's the opposite where it's like, that's what my parents and that's what most of my family and other people, you know, throughout my life believe is like suppressing, not suppressing women, but it's like, if you ask them that, do you believe in suppressing women? They would be like, no, but everything that they follow and believe and things like that all speak contrary does that make sense so it's like yeah women are whores and and (laughs) Jezebel the Jezebel Jezebel. yeah I I was down here I wanted you to know that the reason I was down here typing is because I couldn't stop thinking about what that Christian science lesson plan was called and I was over here messaging my mom and I'm like what is it called because I it's called the Christian science quarterly bible lesson and um, they'll put out like what scripts of the Bible you're reading that week and what things they want you to like pay attention to completely backtracking on our conversation, but I could not get it out of my mind. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you're fine. I love bunny trails and ADHD <laughs> rants. That's how, that's how I communicate. That's the only way I can communicate. So it's like my, this is how I talk. It's like that meme of Charlie day, when it's like always sunny when it's like this, like yes. it's like you're trying to explain it on the board. And it's like, that's, that's up here all the time. You're like, I have to go running. And one time I bought these shoes over here. Oh, and that mall had really good Chinese food. Speaking of Chinese people, I lived in San Francisco one time. Like, it, like I get it. Like, like you were saying about your chihuahua and, and you were talking about like your real life chihuahua. I was like, yeah, mine's in my head. Like there's like squirrels up there. Like, that was my mother-in-law's chihuahua. And oh my God. he came here. My parents came from out of town and like, Whenever my parents visit, I just feel like a little kid again. And like, I want everything to like, I get really stressed out and I want to like control the visit and make sure that they have a good experience. And like, I want you to see that like, I'm a grown up person and like my life is put together and Mm -hmm. shit never happens that way when they're here. It's always (laughs) when things are out of control. 
my mother-in-law had just had some personal stuff going on. So we had to take her chihuahua in who shit on the floor in front (laughs) of my parents. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, That's a bad sign. (laughs) I was so upset about it. I bought this dog doggy diapers because I seriously could. I'm so glad that fucking thing is out of my house. Like I... Do the in-laws get along or is it like meet the parents for the in-laws? Like, they're really married. It's my stepdad oh. and my mom. So they're married. I just, I. Oh no, I, I mean like, oh, oh, I thought it was your chihuahua was your in-laws and then your parents came. Okay. So the chihuahua is my mother-in-laws and my parents came. My Yeah. But I'm saying like, do they get along? Because like the dog, like, that's what I'm saying. The dog like shit on your parents. So I'm like, they probably don't get along. <laughs> They don't get along. Um, well, I, yeah, no. Just different. Um, I would. I wouldn't say that they like. They don't outwardly not get along, but I think that they're they're just so very different that like yeah no having everybody <laughs> inside of my house for like a big event or something like that I would just be like a hyperventilating nervous wreck very on edge yeah (laughs) very on yeah very very on edge Uh (laughs) uh-huh that's hilarious I mean it's not funny that that happened to you but it is kind of funny when you think about it that the dog like literally did that and like the energy of the dog (laughs) it's not funny but it kind of is no I totally get what you're saying and (laughs) like if I could just get over like my mortification of the moment it would have been fine Oh, a hundred percent down the line. I feel like maybe it'll be something to you, but anyway, so that was a bunny trail and a half, but (laughs) speaking of bunny trails, I was like, I don't even know what we were talking about. You're like, Um, what are the dynamics of your family life and how do the in-laws feel? I know. I'm like, I'm doing you now. (laughs) I love it though. That's Um, what I do. I always do that. I'm always like, I put the conversation back on somebody else. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a trick I have. Actually, it's like a, a, what do you call it? A coping mechanism. <laughs> to to deflect. Yeah, like the, like instead of like when people ask you questions, it's like, oh no, tell me more about yourself because people like to talk about themselves. So it's like, that's how you get the attention off of you. And in case anybody wanted to know, it works. <laughs> that's so funny. I do it without realizing though, I but I do. But I genuinely am interested in other people. I always like to, ask questions I find other people fascinating and like You're I like said asking I live- people questions about themselves and then uh disassociating while they talk just so you don't have to talk about yourself <laughs> well the thing is is I lived a very sheltered life so I do like to you know ask people um things it's like I'm finally free from my cage you know what I mean so it's like people for the first time like <laughs> that's kind of society res- my mom just responded and was like are you wanting me to buy you one or just checking your memory banks for accuracy? <laughs> I'm like, I don't want it. Please, uh, no. Burn it. Burn it. Send me the book. Um, okay, so back to you. Thank you so much for the deflection on Bunny Trail. So how did we go from, um, so COVID hit and you had all of yes. these other experiences. COVID hit and that's when you're really starting to dive into your own stuff. So where does that kind of start for you? <clears throat> Yeah. So, I mean, up until this point, obviously everything was a very condensed version of everything up until then, but I would say, so it's really funny because I don't know, I had gone through like a pretty, pretty traumatic, pretty long relationship of like seven years. And then like, I went through my Saturn return and then like, that was kind of like right before COVID. So I was like healing from that. I was healing from a lot of stuff, not just that relationship, but I was healing from a lot, a lot of stuff. And I was doing really good and I was getting better. And then during that period of isolation, when everything was shut down, like you said, you had a lot of time with your thoughts, had more time with yourself. Um, I was, you know, being very introspective into spirituality and things like that. Even though I was deconstructing, I was still, um, you know, trying to dig into the Bible because of like the theology of it I guess so to speak it's like it's more so I was digging to see like um I still do that right now I'm just more into like the feel like the theories and like just the 
I guess like, I don't know how to explain this. It's more of like, I did it backwards because like a lot of people, I feel like that are atheists, like they do that first when it's like, they go to biblical seminary or they go to study literally to become these biblical scholars. And then they become atheists because of how deep they go. Yeah. But now it's like, I'm going backwards in the sense that it's like, I'm not atheist, but it's like, I deconstructed and now I'm kind of going back and studying because I'm more interested in like the psychology, the physiology. And like, I, I think I've talked to you about this before. It's like, I still believe that there's a lot of pertinent parables and, you know, dialects and information in there aside from, you know, a lot of other things that have been manipulated and distorted and what have you. There's a lot of symbolism in there. There are a lot of great uh, messages and I still abide by a lot of those principles and rules. However, um, like when that all happened, um, that's kind of like where I was going with everything because it's interesting with deconstruction when it's like, yeah, I know what I don't believe now, but now it's like, I'm at a point where it's like, I'm trying to figure out what I do believe now. So it's like, that's a continuing evolving thing every day, but that's the interesting thing. It's like when, especially when your life has revolved around it so, so much like mine did, it's like, it's like, it's like, everything's empty that it's like, well, what do I do? You like look around and it's like, well, now what do I believe in? It's like, I know what I don't believe in, but now it's like, well, what do I believe in? So it's like this whole blank canvas type of thing that's just kind of like evolving and has been ever since and probably always will be. But I, I also told you this too, that it was like, I not up until then did I feel closest to God, to source, whatever you want to call it until I deconstructed, you know what I mean? And it was like, I always felt a connection to source and to God, like growing up. And like I said, I was very involved. I did have a, like a very good relationship with Jesus. You know what I mean? Like that was um, you know, what my heart and soul was doing, um, my whole life, but it's like, I didn't have the closeness and the understanding that I, that I do now until I deconstructed, which is the irony of, you know, my journey personally. Um, but then I ended up meeting my twin flame, which I didn't know was my twin flame at the time, because I didn't even know what that was. And then obviously like over time, it was like revealed to me. So as I'm like healing from like all this stuff that had happened in my past and deconstructing that happens, there was like, you know, all this stuff in between. So there was like a lot going on. So it was like, I went through, you know, spiritual awakenings. And then I went through that spiritual awakening. And then I went through like all these different, um, just really, uh, upgrades, inner child healing, like all that stuff, which again, brought me closer to my higher self, brought me closer to God through all of those experiences, through all of that. Like I said, the layers of the onion, peeling, uncovering, deconstructing everything in my life, literally like a full blown tower moment. Um, one after the other, you know what I mean? But it, it like, Tabula Rasa, it literally gave me a blank slate to, you know, create from scratch, essentially. And then that's kind of where we are now. I ended up moving across the country to Denver from Philadelphia. And um, that's, that's partially because I wanted to, it's a lot of things. It's partially because my family dysfunction, boundaries, but it's, it's a lot of things, but it's been a really, it's been a really good experience for me. And it's just, um, you know, I know it's only going to get better from here. So that's kind of where we are present moment. And then can you talk more about where you are at the present moment, as far as like what you're doing, like with your spiritual gifts and things like that for people who don't know you? Yes. So we did talk about this a little bit too, because so, I don't want to like overlap too much on like the other episode of things that we did talk about, but we yes. talked about how I was doing like tarot in the closet, essentially, like, especially mm -hmm. when I was living at home before I moved across the country. So it was like, I was always doing stuff like that. And even, even as a kid, I was doing taboo things and was attracted to taboo things. But then again, steered myself away because I was told it was bad and it was the devil and I was being possessed and yada yada. So I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. But so anyway, so then when I overcame all of that doctrine, then I was doing it in the in the closet if you will and that expanded to me like sharing it more publicly and then people would like tell me that they wanted like readings and I was like no I'm not doing it like that like I just do it you know what I mean like just for fun and just you know what I mean and then it just became this thing where I was being told by other people and just readings and other spiritual mentors and things like that but like 
I was supposed to use my spiritual gifts and I was supposed to like do all these other things that I wasn't really tapped into yet. And like I said, like I, I've been a performer and entertainer, what have you, my entire upbringing. So that wasn't new to me. It was just the way I was showing up in public or on social media or whatever then shifted because of these downloads and because of these insights that I was getting. And I was very resistant to it all. I was like, no, that can't be right. Like, that's not me. You know what I mean? And I do get a lot of pushback energetically, especially from my family. You know what I mean? Um, and that's another reason why, like, I don't really go home all that much. You know what I mean? I've kind of like separated myself so that I can have like a new life and kind of not have like the judgment following me or feeling like I'm not living up to somebody else's expectations of me or feeling mm. like I'm letting somebody down, that kind of thing. And it's like, I love my family. I love them dearly, but it's like, um, you know, like, like what you said about the in-laws, it's like, that's very Mennonite style, pushing things under the rug. We're going to side eye you, but we're not going to talk about it type of thing. And it's like, I'm not like that. I'm very like open. I want to clear the air. I want to be transparent. I'm very, I'm very blunt and honest. And some people don't like that. And I understand that. I get it. Um, tough love sometimes, but it's like, at the end of the day, I'm a very caring individual. I love my family so much, but it's like, it's beneficial, healthier for me mentally, emotionally, physically, what have you to not have that closeness um, and not be in their vicinity. Because like I was saying, like when you're around people that are repressed, um, you know, you repress your own gifts, you repress your own, you know, true self. And so then I started just dabbling in it very lightly. It was very lightly. Like I was just like dipping my toe in. And then all of a sudden it just became like this very, I was just getting a lot of very good feedback from it. And it was actually like doing well. Whereas like, you know, I've promoted my music before and things like that. And like people love to hear me sing. And you know what I mean? Like I do get support, but I didn't get the same feedback, I guess. Um, I don't know how to explain. Like in the same way that it was like helping people and um, it was just reaching more people. What I, what, yeah. when I shifted, it was just reaching more people. And so it's, it's not like I don't still do music. I do, but it's just different now. Um, and like I said, I just show up differently now on social media, but then it just kind of transpired on its own. And it's just been this evolving evolution. And now like I do personal readings for people. And like, I do, I have like a mentorship now that I'm doing, um, it's a three, six, nine soul work, which is essentially, um, it's basically kind of like my journey in a nutshell, but kind of showing you how to do it. It's like unblocking your intuition so that you can connect with your soul's purpose and like really just like align with yourself. But it's not like, and I don't mean to crap on anybody else's stuff, but it's not like just a course that I throw out to people and it's all the same for everybody. It's like a very personalized individual approach where it's like based off of your human design and like your birth chart. So it's like your personality, your makeup, your buildup. And then we're going, okay, now what do we do with this energy? And then like, I'm also giving you, you know, guidance along the way with like, you know, readings weekly so that you can, you know, kind of see where you're at and what you need to improve on things like that. Um, which is like, it's, it's sort of similar to what I'm currently doing right now with my own mentor, um, whatever, but my own spin and it's very different, but it is the same approach in that it's very individualized and based off of your, um, your astrological makeup, if you will. Um, so that's something that I'm doing, which is really exciting. And it just, it's so funny because it's like, if you would have told me this stuff, even a year ago, even a year ago, um, I would be like, <laughs> nah, like, you know what I mean? But it's like, everything has happened so fast and shifted so fast because it's like, once you get on the path that you're supposed to be on, it's like all the blocks are cleared, but it's like, you're gonna find blocks along the way when you're not going the right way you know what I mean so it's like but yeah. then once you finally step into that and truly truly heal from things that are blocking you subconsciously and whatnot it's like then, then the doors open for you like that's that's basically what happened so um I wanted to do pay it pay it forward pay it back if you will like I want other people to be able to experience that and have that because I know how it feels to feel like something's missing, to feel like you're not fulfilled, to be in unfulfilling relationships, to be um, to be in a toxic place with yourself and to, you know, just be around toxic people and environments. And I know how I know how lonely and low it can feel to just not feel like you're living up to your own potential. And um, 
I don't even remember if we talked about this or not, but one of my biggest things of why I even started a platform to begin with, um, aside from spirituality, was because social media was something that helped me. It was one of the only things that was able to reach me and help me when I was like very isolated in a very deep, dark state in my life. So it was people that were inspirational, strangers on the internet that really helped me, you know what I mean, kind of get get by day to day you know what I mean it was like okay um it's gonna get better you know what I mean and then when I came out of that period of my life it's like you know like I want to do that for other people I want to be that light for other people I want to be you know some sort of um um like just I don't know support for other people who feel alone and like that's something that it's like I've built this community um on TikTok really it's in such a short period of time and everybody in that community is so loving and that is just like that makes me feel so good because I feel like it's just a reflection of what I wanted the space to be I wanted it to be a safe place for me to express myself and a safe place for other people to connect and whatever and it has become that and it's just um I always get I always get so like I'm getting choked up about it because everybody truly is just so sweet to one another and then just um I don't know it's just really beautiful and i and the reason i am just so thankful for TikTok because we did talk about this is i feel like you know instagram is just more curated and there's not as much freedom or i feel that way like that may be a block of my own but that's just how i feel you know what i mean so on TikTok, i really do feel um the freedom to truly express myself to be accepted to find people that are like-minded things like that um, and it's not that I don't, you know, use Instagram. I do. It's just like um, I show up on both platforms differently. I have like a bigger community and uh, a, a nicer community. <laughs> on, on TikTok, I love, you know, see, what I love I is I feel up. like TikTok finds the people to then go on the other social platforms too. Like I can put certain things on the different platforms. Like we can put full length videos, well, not full length, but you know, three minute videos on TikTok and be like, oh, and go and follow me on, you know, these other things because that's where we can post like the stories and about our readings or about things that we have coming up. And I do, I do understand like you, you building that community and having a bigger audience and a bigger reach on TikTok. Yeah. And and it was so funny because it's, again, it's always things that I was resistant to that ended up being the blessing for me because just as people were telling me like, oh, please start doing readings or please start doing this. And I was like, no, no, no. And then I started doing it. And then it was a good thing. It was the same with TikTok where it was like, a lot of people were telling me like, oh, why aren't you on TikTok? Like you have really good reels and this, that, and the other thing. And I was like, Nah, like that's for younger people. And like, I'm too late. And like, you know what I mean? Like, I just yep. didn't feel like it was for me. And I also felt at the time, like, I was like, TikTok's confusing. Like, I don't get it. And like, you know what I mean? I was being very boomer, even though I'm not like a boomer at all. But like, I was just, again, I was making all these blocks for myself subconsciously of why I couldn't do that or why that wasn't for me. And then once I finally did it, yeah, it took me a minute. Nothing happens overnight. But like that happened quicker for me than anything you know, has prior to that, you know what I mean? Like I've only been on TikTok for a little over a year, you know what I mean? So it has yeah. not been that long. And I only started posting my readings um, and really transitioned and like really went all in um, not even that long ago. Like, so it's just, like I said, it's been so wild how everything has transpired so quickly. And it's been just so it's just been amazing and like I said like once you do step into what you're supposed to be doing like it the blocks are cleared unless like I said you're making the blocks yourself but but like the universe no longer will block you the universe is just going to open doors and like I said the doors open because it's like I met you I met you know what I mean I I met um Paige and it's like I've met so many people through tapping into my true self tapping into my true purpose and it's like I I've always had difficulties in relationships, whether it's romantically or friendships where it's like being stabbed in the back or it's like people not understanding you or what, whatever it is, it's just being toxic and that empath narcissistic dynamic or whatever it is. It's just, I've been, I've been unlucky, so to speak in that dynamic, but that's because I wasn't surrounding myself with the right people and the right people couldn't find me because I was hiding behind this cloak essentially that I thought was, you know, this is how I'm supposed to show up. Um, otherwise I'm bad. 
and I'm not going to heaven. You know what I mean? And then when I finally took that off and I finally started fresh, like literally like um, from the ground up, it's like I started meeting all these people that, you know, really understand me that I love, that I think are so funny, that are not surface level people. Like, it's just like things really do happen and shift for you when you shift and you make things happen, you know? So it's just, it's just so beautiful, but yeah. I love all of this. And I do love too, when you're working on your healing journey and like, you're in a space where you're setting boundaries and you're communi- you're clearly communicating with people and you're living in like your highest sense of right. You do, you do end up finding other spiritual like-minded friends who are doing the same thing. So then you do get to have conversations of like, well, I don't like the tone, like in which like you're saying that or something about what you're saying, like the energy feels off or something. And then being able to have the, the friend understand and, and receive that and work on it because they're going through that exact same thing too, of being able to open up and talk that way. There's a difference between trying to be friends with people who aren't healed in themselves and trying to, and having friends who are on their healing journey and who help other people with the healing. There's a different level of self-accountability and being 100%. able to have open, respectful conversations. Yes. No, a hundred percent. I'm glad you brought up like the self-accountability thing, because it's like, I attracted those types of relationships where it was like, um, especially romantically where I was being isolated from my friends, my family, um, and things like that, because I attracted those types of relationship because of how I was disciplined growing up was physical discipline. So it was either physical discipline or time out, which my timeouts weren't like the productive timeouts where it's like, oh, we're going to discuss this then afterwards. And we're going to like regroup and we're going to be like, okay, now how can we improve this? No, it wasn't like that. It was just like, you go in the corner and you think about what you've done. And then I'm going to be mad at you and nobody's going to talk to you the rest of the night. You know what I mean? And then the physical punishment, obviously I'm not going to go into that. We can, you know, use our imaginations, but it's like, that's how I was disciplined through the guise of religion. It was rationalized through religion because it's like spare the rod, spoil the child. But right. because that be, but because that was my discipline growing up, that's how then as an adult, you then self-discipline with physical self-harm or isolation or whatever, or dissociation, like you were saying. So it's like, I've had to unpack those patterns in myself. And it's like with the people pleasing, I learned that growing up as we all do, you know what I mean? So I developed and attract people pleasing dynamics romantically and one-sided relationships with friends and things like that because of all of those things contributing to um, me attracting those things. And it's like, I wasn't aware of that at the time. You know what I mean? At the time, I'm just like, why are all these people crappy to me? And I was so sad. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not like I, it's not like I didn't think that I contributed in any way, but it was more like, I thought that something was wrong with me. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why does nobody like me? You know what I mean? Cause there's always yeah. something like nobody stays, everybody leaves and um, whatever. And a lot of that had to do with, again, me breaking out of my shell and not isolating myself and me standing up for myself and not ple- people pleasing and, you know, breaking out of, you know, that toxic relationship. And you know what I mean? That isolated me from the world and made myself worth really, really crappy that I had to, again, pick the pieces back up and start all over. So it's like, I've, I've been through a lot of stuff, which I think a lot of people don't see that because again, social media is like, you do see like the highlight reel, but it's like, I have been through a lot of stuff since literally day one, since like my earliest memories. And it's like, I've been, it just, it, it breaks my heart because it's like, I've been in places where it's like, I don't, want to be here anymore and I didn't want to live and now I'm at a place in my life where it's like I'm excited that I get to wake up and live and I just it it just breaks my heart because I know that there's so many people that feel like their life can't turn around or like oh no I've made too many mistakes or whatever it is like I whatever it is I know that there's so many people that feel that way it's like oh that happens to this person but it's not going to happen to me but it's like truly truly I know that it can for anyone and everyone like that is available to everyone to, you know, have that shift and have, um, 
it takes time. Again, nothing happens overnight. Like I've been saying, like it's a journey for sure. But like, if you can, you know, just stick it out. And I know that some people can't, I know that life's hard. I'm not diminishing anybody's experience, but that is why I want to share my experiences and do what I do because I care. And I know, I know how it feels. I just, I know how it feels. And I don't want anybody to feel like that because I feel like nobody was there for me. So if I can be there for other people, like, then I feel like I, then I really did do something good. Then I really did do, I, I did fulfill, you know, my soul's purpose. So, yeah. I feel like that's the perfect place to like leave our episode too, because <laughs> people can, no, I say that because I think that that's such a message of like, if people are in that space right now, like they have somewhere that they can go, they have, like, I, I just feel like that last section of what you just said was literally like the message that needed to come out of the episode. And I always say like, oh, well, I don't have like the specific thing that we're going to discuss because I really just feel like spirit leads the conversation and we talk about the things that need to be talked about. And like, I feel like that's it. Well, yeah, I mean, that is a good note to end it on for sure. And I just, I really appreciate you having me on. I feel like it, you know, everything is divine timing and our connection is totally divine. And I just, I love it. So I could keep talking to you forever. So this is a wonderful, this is a wonderful place to end it. But thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I'm so glad that you said yes. And I'll never say no. If I say no, like I'm being held hostage or something, like come, come find me. (laughs) I'll remember that. We have to go on a rescue mission. It's an Um, Amber Alert. It's an emergency. (laughs) That's so funny. No, I, I'm so grateful that you came on. I'm going to be dropping your episode on Sunday. I always put all of your info in the description so that everybody can go and follow you and connect with you. I always urge everybody to go and follow the guests. So I'm excited about Amazing. It. Thank you. I love you so much, Jen. Love you. I can't wait to like actually meet up with you in person. It's gonna be awesome. I know it's gonna be fun. <laughs> I'm in Idaho and you're in Colorado, so we can make this happen. We do. We definitely do. Very soon. All right. Well, you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you so much again. Bye. Bye.